0: I always feel that when somebody is really emotional, trying to be rational with them, trying to reason with them is the worst thing that you can do. Uh, Trying to explain it, certainly trying to dismiss it, any of those is just going to make the person more upset.
1: This week, we are talking about hot-tempered spouses, and Dr. Karen Sherman explains what you can do about it. Stay tuned. I know there's a bunch of therapists out there. Did you know that you can get listed on Hitch starting at just $1? To get started, click the Get Featured link in the directory, and within a few quick steps, your website can begin showing up all over hitchmag.com. Don't wait! hey everybody welcome back this is steve cooper editor-in-chief of hitchedmag.com i'm joined once again with the original dr karen sherman hi karen Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, so Karen is a practicing psychologist uh, in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. And today she is here to help us talk about a hot-tempered spouse. How do you deal with a partner who can just blow up at any moment? Uh, and you may or may not feel like you're walking on eggshells at all the time. It can be a, um, a very stressful uh, situation. Um, so there's... A lot of ways we can go with this, and I I fully acknowledge that, and I realize there are many various scenarios that could play out. But we're gonna first make the assumption that this personality trait had appeared before the couple was married. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. in this in this scenario, Karen, is it damaging to the marriage if a spouse has a hot temper and regularly shows it?
0: I think the key word there is regularly. Okay. Um you know it, it's not a pleasant trait for somebody to have and yes it is damaging to a marriage. Um there's research that has been done that says that you can do some five positive things for your mate and do one negative and it's as if you never even did the five positive. Certainly a hot temper is is going to be a definite negative. Um, you know, you in your description were saying, you know, you feel like you're walking on eggs. That's not a comfortable way to have a relationship. Mm. And, you know, especially somebody who has this kind of a trait, when you don't know when the person is going to blow up at any moment, um, that creates a sense of unpredictability and feeling out of control. And that becomes very, very stressful. So, you know, we're going to go with the person saw this beforehand and um, perhaps didn't realize that what you see is what you get, which we've spoken about before. Um, and so, um, yeah, this is this is really going to be something that is, yes, definitely a damaging situation for a marriage.
1: OK. and And is there a way to reverse this personality trait? Or is it ingrained in this person and you're just going to have to deal with it?
0: No, I absolutely think that uh, this trait can be changed, um, providing the person wants to get help. Now, I have worked with several people who say, um, I have an anger control problem. I go from zero to 100, just like that. And what I have found is that many times these people are just not picking up the signals that they're getting, that they're getting upset. So what happens is just like a kid who, let's say, was recently toilet trained um, and they're really involved in playing in their sandbox, they're just not picking up their signals fast enough. And so they end up having an accident. Well, in in an analogous way, if a person is not picking up their signals that they're starting to get upset, they let it go, they let it go, they let it go, and then they blow. Mm. And I have been able to teach people, first of all, to learn what their signals are, to become aware of them, learn how to pick them up, sort of to slow the whole process down. And when they do, um, they can actually do something at a point before it's too late, before they blow and no longer have this, you know, anger control problem. So there is a way to make a
1: change. So you can, so you can then negate the frequency of these blow ups or or, or work to remove them completely from your habits? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now now you mentioned signals um and recognizing those signals. Are there are there common signals or are these unique to each individual? I think there are
0: some common, but again, you've got to be aware of your own particular signals. But, you know, if if you feel tension or tightness in your body somewhere, if you feel that you're getting flush, if you feel that, you know, your jaw is getting tight, but generally any kind of, first of all, any kind of emotion you're going to feel in your body. And generally it's gonna come out as some tightness or tension somewhere. So if you start to feel that in your body, then you know you're starting to get upset. The problem is twofold. One, that people aren't aware of their bodies. And the second is that they don't pick up the signal until it's too late. So it's almost like when you're eating. As you're eating, most of us eat too quickly. We don't realize that we're starting to get full. So we keep eating and we eat until we feel full, and then our food first gets processed, and then we're stuffed. Mm. We would pay attention to our bodily signals, and again, slow the whole process down. Excuse me. We would be able to stop on a scale of one to 10 when we're at about a five or six, and then the food would process, And we would leave the table and a few minutes later feel totally satisfied. It's really a very similar kind of process. But if we wait until we feel, oh, I feel I'm starting to get stuffed. I'm like an eight or nine. By the time you leave the table, then you're totally, you know, feeling like, oh, my God, what did I eat so much for? Mm. So it's the same thing.
1: Okay. I I like that analogy, too, because it's it's definitely something we can all relate to. So... When yep, overeat. <laughs> yeah. uh, we should post this uh, right around Thanksgiving as well. People will really be <laughs> they'll really understand what we're talking about. Um, when when you're in the throes of a heated argument, mm-hmm. what can you do to chill the temperature of that argument?
0: Well, I always feel that when somebody's really emotional trying to be rational with them, trying to reason with them is the worst thing that you can do. Uh, Trying to explain it, certainly trying to dismiss it, any of those is just going to make the person more upset. So if instead you can just sort of say, you know, wow, you know, I see you're upset, or yes, that will bring the energy down. Um, But very often when somebody has, quote, you know, has started that process has past the point of fail safe, so to speak,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's probably not a lot that you can do at that moment.
1: I've, I've heard some uh, neurological research, or I've read some neurological research that talks about how the brain uh, actually shuts down the, the thinking process when you hit that like red line yeah. of, of heated argument. So uh, talking yeah. somebody down off of that point is, is probably going to, not generate very good results because they're not thinking rationally at that point. It's that's correct.
0: Emotions override clear thinking, Mm -hmm. um, whether it be anger or anything else, you know, if you feel like I must do something, I must, you know, I, you haven't heard from your boyfriend or your girlfriend and you're sure that they're not interested in you anymore. You must pick up that phone, you know, and every cell in your body is screaming that that's the right thing to do. And then you call them and instead they think that you're being needy. But at that moment, your emotion was you know, telling you you had to do it. Well, it's the same, again, the same process. So emotion will override clear thinking. And when you get to that point, and probably I have no doubt that it's um, something to do with the neurology of your brain, um, that it's a way really of probably going back to, to uh ev- from an evolutionary point of view, it was probably a way to do fight or flight mm-hmm. where you'd be able to be so focused that you could deal with the situation at hand and it would shut down the rest of everything else. Yeah. Except at this point in our lives, you know, it's working ineffectively.
1: Yeah. It's I mean, it's almost like going into a Hulk mode where you <laughs> you just rage and you and you and you don't think anymore. Right. Uh, you just respond. Uh, but yeah. you're but you're right i bet it i bet it was a survival uh thing that developed in us over the years so that we could just react without trying to think and rationalize and and come to grips with what was taking place we had to, we we didn't have that long <laughs> amongst right. the beasts uh right. back in the day um okay so we uh we know that at that at that red line mark uh within a raging argument like that the spouse probably isn't going to hear what you're saying. Um so what should you do at that moment to I mean weather that storm and then the follow-up question to that is after that has taken place, after that has transpired, how can you reconnect after a blow up like that has occurred?
0: Well, you know, I guess you want to if you can just sort of bear through it because When somebody's in a rage like that, pretty much just about anything you do is going to incite them even more. You know, I'm imagining like trying to walk out and then the person's going to rage after you. If you try to say something, they're going to get more incited. So you just want to just sort of grin and get through it, so to speak. Afterwards –
1: I'm I'm sorry. So one thing on there I I wanted to add – it wouldn't be beneficial to try to contradict whatever they're raging about, no. right? So if, they, if they're raging about something, if you come back with your counterpoint, as, as justified as that may be, it's not going to go anywhere and probably will moment. escalate the situation, right?
0: Yes. Not at that moment, you don't. Not yeah. at that moment, okay? Um, now, afterwards, after you know, everything sort of settles down, um, and, and here's the problem a person can only take that so long so you know they may not they may not really want to come back and reconnect and very often the person who's raged feels very shameful and feels very guilty Um, and will be the one who approaches, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, I have this with a lot of the couples I work with. And the person who's been screamed at or attacked will say, you know, yeah, you're sorry, we go through this all the time. And then, you know, here we go again. It's enough already. Um, You know, empty words, you you say that you're sorry, and then it builds up and then something else bothers you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that you have to sit down and say look if you seriously are um sorry about this you need to go get help you need to go speak to someone i'm sure you don't mean to do this um i you know at other times you're a loving wonderful person but there's a problem here and it's time to go get help um and you know this is interfering with our relationship you know, I'm a big advocate. I work really hard with trying to keep marriages together. However, there are times when a marriage uh, really can stay together. Um, for me, this is a, a case where it really is questionable because we're leading into a marriage becoming toxic. Um, you know, if you're this is certainly very disrespectful, at the very least. Um, it's frightening. And um Who knows? You know, temper could start going into a problem where it leads to some further abuse. Um, You don't know if there's name calling involved, if there's psychological abuse going on. Um, So, you know, and again, it makes the person live constantly in fear and insecurity. So I really think uh, that it's absolutely essential that if you're living with a mate, who has a problem with temper, that um, professional's help is needed. The good news is that help can be gotten for this kind of an issue.
1: So you you mentioned living in fear. Um, Is that the barometer that you would use to determine whether or not, first, you need to seek help, second, you might need to consider this is not a good relationship, it's not healthy for you?
0: No. I don't think the fear is the factor. I think that any time a relationship starts to become abusive,
1: okay.
0: um, that's that's my factor. I remember years ago working with a couple where he was just downright m- mean. Um, he would make suggestions to her all the time that he framed as being suggestive, like um, he wasn't happy with the amount of sex they were having. So he'd leave articles for her and her pillow about how most women would like to have sex. Um, and that was just a tiny little portion of what he would do. Mm -hmm. And he'd be putting her down all the time. Now that was not argumentative. He was not blowing his temper, but he was just so constantly, um, disrespectful that it was really, uh, edging on psychological abuse. So for me, um, it's absolutely when there's some kind of abuse going on but but when you've got somebody who's losing their temper all the time that's starting to become
1: toxic mm-hmm. so that so the, the losing your temper all the time that would start to to veer in the psychological abuse category yeah i think so and, i think so and so with that um and obviously physical abuse is is uh something that's Clear, like you, it, it's very easy to see that. Um, yes. but the psychological dispute, uh, abuse is much more difficult to recognize. Uh, how would you know if you're in that situation? Um, if if you really are suffering from abuse of that nature, but you, you you're in it, so you don't really recognize it, what would be a sign for somebody that, like, oh, they're talking about me right now?
0: Well. You should basically feel good in your relationship. Okay. So there, are, there are times that none of us are happy with our mates. There are periods of time where you say, what the heck am I doing with this person? You know, I'm not in love. Um, so people have to know that that's a norm. Uh, but if you are consistently feeling not worthy with this person, feeling not happy with this person, feeling put down by this person, um, those, you know, again, on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. then then this is really a time for you to question, what are you doing with this person? You know, one of the things that I will say to uh, an individual that I'm working with, what are you getting out of this relationship? And there's an actual equation. There are many different ways that you can sort of, um, judge a relationship, but one of the equations is, um, are you getting more out of it than what you're putting into it? In other words, are the rewards more than the costs? Mm -hmm. Now, a relationship does not have to be equal. So it's not, well, you do three chores, I do three chores. A relationship is reciprocal so that, you know, you feel, you know, I feel that, um, uh, I I am he's the breadwinner let's say a traditional marriage he's the breadwinner and he feels like but she makes me feel so good she makes me feel that I'm her hero that may be enough for each of them mm-hmm. um so it's not like that they each bring in equal amount of money uh but they each feel that you know that they're getting something out of the relationship but when the cost outweighs the reward then it's time to look at whether this relationship is really something you want to continue,
1: okay okay this is uh, this was a heavy topic,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: um but I you know, as always, an important one. yeah, very important one, and you offered lots of really great information. I want to thank you for your time, and as always, it's a pleasure
0: and it's always a pleasure to speak with you and and get information out, Steve.
1: I want to remind everyone listening, they have uh, just heard Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. Uh, She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can find this information on her website, drkarensherman.com. This information, of course, is on our website, hitchmag.com. You can click on the experts link on our homepage to find out more. Uh, You can also follow us and ask your questions on the social platforms, uh, all the big ones, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, Google+, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. We are on all of them, uh, as is Karen. So uh, if you have anything that you'd like us to discuss or if you have an issue or you want to follow up question to something that we've talked about, uh, let us know. Leave us a message and we will do our best to uh, get your questions answered. So I want to thank you one last time, Karen.
0: Thank you, Steve.
1: All right. That's going to do it for us this week. Take care, everybody.